2: plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary it's good Christmas weekend for South Florida sports fans except for the Kane fan like myself who's still waiting on a starting quarterback So the latest on the transfer quarterback carousel, uh, Miami is still – they're still waiting on a final decision from Cam Ward. Number one transfer portal quarterback, Washington State transfer. He visited Miami a couple weeks ago, visited Florida State. Uh, I do believe Miami moved ahead of Florida State, but he's also considering uh, his NFL draft stock. He's been weighing his options, and Ward seems to be in no big rush to decide. Um, Now, Miami's second option at quarterback, the other guy who did visit before, and we're in a dead period right now, so nobody can visit at this very moment, uh, dead period till early January, but the other quarterback Miami hosted for a visit was Kansas State transfer Will Howard, who I also really like, Um, and again, Miami is not the only team that's still waiting on a quarterback, and Miami is not the only team where sometimes the message board insiders jump the gun. (laughs) When you're talking about this guy's coming here and that because, folks, about a week ago, uh, every blog seemed 100 percent sure that Will Howard was going to go to USC, that that was going to be Lincoln Riley's new quarterback. Caleb Williams is going on to the NFL. Uh, So everyone was dropping crystal balls. Will Howard to USC. Within the last 24 hours, that sentiment has changed. And now Will Howard looks like he's trending strongly to Ohio State. So that may end up being his destination. So as of right now, Miami, Florida State, Ohio State, USC are four of the you know prominent programs out there who have been actively shopping for transfer quarterbacks who still do not have one. Uh, so there's other teams in the same boat. And so you can look at if Will Howard, who's Miami's option 1B or second option, if he does end up at Ohio State, There's good and bad with that, right? Because good would be a lot of folks thought Ohio State was going to emerge as a dark horse for uh, Cam Ward and that Miami may lose Ward to Ohio State. So if Howard ends up at Ohio State, I don't know if maybe then USC would try to go in strong for Cam Ward or what, but it seemed like Miami versus Florida State with Ohio State on the outside looking in for Ward. So that would cross Ohio State off the Ward list, and I think that would maybe further push Ward towards Miami. But, uh, you know, people have tried to tell you, hey, this is a done deal. He's coming. I I think Miami has done what they can to get very, very close to pushing Cam Ward to Miami over the finish line, but we are not there yet. Our wait will continue. But let's get to some headlines. Headlines are brought to you by the new Palmetto Ford Truck Supercenter. Why buy your truck at a car store? Palmetto Ford, we know trucks. You know, Vlad, we got a very valid question by Alejandro Solana from the Hawking Crowder Show. Uh, He wrote to me, he says, might be a dumb question. It's not, he says, but why can't the NCAA change the transfer portal rules so the players can't transfer until after bowl season? Bowl season is meaningless now aside from the playoffs. It's decimated rosters going up against each other. Uh, I would love Vlad if they would make that change where you can't hit the portal until after your bowl game because then you would get you know, better rosters. Obviously, you couldn't do anything about the guys who decide to go pro, but at least you keep the transfers in place for one more game. If I had to guess, um, I think maybe the reason why they allow people to transfer so early is it gives you more time to enroll at your next school so you can enroll in January rather than enroll over the summer. That would really be the only logical explanation, because outside of that, it makes a lot more sense, like you said, because there's a lot of TV money to be made with these bowl games. There's a lot of ticket money to be made with these bowl games. You want the ratings and the ticket sales to be as good as possible. If you force the well, I mean not force, but if you make create a situation where these guys can't transfer before the bowl game and they have to play with their current university, the product on the field for the bowl game would be a lot better. I am all for that.
1: I think that would be a smart move, but you know, it's the NCAA. They don't smart and the NCAA don't go hand in hand sometimes.
2: Yeah, whatever the smart thing to do, they typically they, do the
1: opposite. They typically do the opposite to make it like more. George
2: Costanza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you always gotta pull a Costanza.
2: Yeah. Well, and this is something else that's going to cause chaos here. Uh, Pete Nacos from On3 uh, sent this on social media this morning. He says, you will start seeing a major uptick in multi-time transfers entering the portal this next week. He says, in guidance sent to schools by the NCAA last week, multi-time transfers can enter and be eligible to play at a new school in 24-25 without a waiver. Now... Vlad, that's very significant because there are a lot of players out there who have used their their one – because you you've always gotten – well, not always, but in the last few years, you get a free one-time transfer, right? But if you transfer for a second time, unless you have a really good excuse for doing that and get a waiver, they force you to sit out a year with the second-time transfer. He's right. This is going to open the floodgates. And, Vlad, one of the players who's going to be affected by this, a guy that South Florida fans are really intrigued by – Talia Tungovailoa. Talia Tungovailoa has been considering because uh, he's, as things stand, he's out well actually, I don't know if this changes his situation actually because I think he's out of eligibility period. but the second time transfer was part of his issue, I think, because he already transferred from um, from uh, it was uh, Alabama, to Maryland, and he's thinking about playing again or going to the NFL, but I don't know if they can get him an extra year of eligibility because I think that's part of his problem. But that's definitely a guy to watch for because there there have been – articles written in Maryland newspapers over the past week claiming he would like to play another year in college and he wouldn't mind playing in the same city as his brother which you know basically limits you to either Miami or FIU if if he's interested in that so uh, he could be affected by this as well if if he can you know play another season without a waiver i just i don't know if he's uh, i think he might be out of eligibility though but he has talked about wanting to play in college again
1: could you imagine both Take a little brothers playing in South Florida. Yeah, I mean Talia
2: is uh he's a little turnover prone. But maybe, listen, maybe if he got himself a better offensive line, some more consistent weapons than what he had at Maryland, he'd look more like Tua, but you know, a lot of ups and downs with that guy. It'd be fun to cover though.
1: No, oh, no, it'd be great to oh, I mean come on. It'll be it'd be uh South Florida would be a Ty of land. You know what I mean? <laughs> it that's what that's what you'd have to call it. Imagine both, would be Imagine both of them yeah, leading yeah. their respective teams to a title.
2: Imagine Super Bowl championship and a natty next year. Double championships.
1: Shh, man. You wouldn't <laughs> be able to tell that family anything.
2: <laughs> Brian Flores would be in shambles.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh.
2: Oh. Flo could never show his face again.
1: Now nah, you wouldn't be able to show your face in South Florida. Nah. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Not in uh, not in Tua land. You wouldn't be able to show your face here. Oh,
2: man, too funny. All right, so in other in other headlines, uh, another successful Christmas day for the Miami Heat. I can't believe they kept this team off Christmas last year. They didn't even get the opportunity last year on Christmas Day, but they're back on Christmas yesterday. A 119-113 win, Heat over the 76ers. No Joel Embiid for Philly. No Jimmy Butler for Miami. Jaime Jaquez. Uh, you know, gave, gave Jimmy a run for his money. Jaime did uh, probably more than Jimmy would have done in that game. I kid, I kid. But Jaquez was fantastic yesterday for the Miami Heat. 31 points, 10 rebounds, shot 11 for 15. First rookie to record at least 25 points and 10 boards on Christmas Day since Patrick Ewing in 1985. That's what Jaime Haquez did yesterday. Bam Adebayo was also fantastic. 26 points, 15 rebounds, 3 block shots. 9-for-15 from the floor. Both Jaime and Bam hit uh, eight free throws. Uh, Hawkins was actually 8-for-8 eight eight from the free throw line. Bam was 8-for-12 on the night. Good win, good dub for the Miami Heat who get it done on Christmas Day. And the Miami Dolphins got it done on Christmas Eve. Vlad, do you think that should this have changed the narrative, right? It turn, a Dolphins' team that hadn't beaten a team with a winning record all season long, They finally get that done. They get it done on a game-winning drive. The kicker was spectacular. Uh, Jason, I was doing post-game on the uh, Game Day Uncensored post-game edition. We gave Jason Sanders our MVP. I mean, not only was he 5-for-5, you needed every single one of those kicks, but three of his made field goals were from 57, 54, and 52 yards. Then he hit the clutch game winner from 29 yards. A lot of credit to Tua for leading the game-winning drive. Credit to Tyreek Hill. Uh, Big credit to Raheem Mostert, who scored his 21st touchdown on the year. Jeff Wilson had a couple of big carries to help ice the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Bradley Chubb, Andrew Van Ginkle played unbelievably well on the defense. But does that game go a long way to change the narrative? Because everyone who had the question in the back of their minds, can the Dolphins beat a good team in crunch time and in clutch time? They did that Sunday, so hopefully that answered a lot of those questions.
1: It did, but... I would have rather lost that game on Sunday and win the game this upcoming Sunday because this upcoming game is the one that's important because it's the, it's for yeah. the conference. You could have lost that game. If they lost that game 2019, I'm not going to take anything away from them. That was a competitive, that was really a very good game, one of the best games I've seen all year, and it was competitive, and whoever had the ball last was going to win. You beat Dallas, that's great. National team, obviously America's team, the narrative would have been they finally beat a... Uh, a team with a winning record, but you beat Baltimore after what they did against the Niners on Monday night, then the narrative is totally different. Yep, that's right. And as a matter of fact, they beat Baltimore. And two of those that has a big game or Tyreek. Those names are back in the MVP um, conversation. Because after what Brock Purdy uh, produced last night. He's out of it now. To me, he's (laughs) out of it. It's Lamar's to win, but if one of those players outplay outplays Lamar on Sunday on Sunday afternoon, we're gonna have a new conversation about who the MVP favorite would be.
2: You see, the NFL's official YouTube account had uh, a headline on one of their videos, a title that trolled Brock Purdy. They said Brock. I think it was his for the video of his interceptions that Brock Purdy throws away his MVP chances. That was the headline on the video. It's like, man, coming from the official NFL account, they are trolling that dude hard. But he probably did throw it away yesterday. Because, again, I don't know how you can look at the end of the year and say, yeah, Purdy is our MVP uh, with you know one of the you know, his worst career game happening this year, like I, I don't know how you can give him the award unless San Francisco, you know, goes on to you know win their next two games and he produces these crazy comeback moments. I don't know how he can
1: live that down. Uh, not no, he doesn't have um, any more, as I would say, like prime time games left. Maybe exa- maybe for that Week Eight team against the Rams, but. Um... Nah, I don't know. Uh, last night was... But if he had performed, the Niners won and performed well, he would clearly be the MVP, but now I think it's all up in the air right now. I mean, it's Lamar's to lose now, but, but if you look at the numbers, I would say if you look at Tua's numbers, you look at Lamar's numbers, Tua's probably putting up better numbers. But, impact, Lamar's team is has the best record in all of football and in the number one seat. So, A lot of of things will be answered on Sunday afternoon. Speaking
2: of the Dolphins, uh, ESPN has put out a piece of the biggest risers and fallers and biggest takeaways from Week 16. I love to know what they have to say about the Miami Dolphins coming off that dub. We'll share that with you and more. Tobin and Leroy show AM560 Sports.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let
2: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WQAM. So I was just texting with Lee Sterling, professional handicapper, Friend of the station. You hear him on the Hawk and Crowder show frequently. He's a big Miami fan, but he also, you know, he breaks down point spreads and bets on games for a living. And, you know, I I asked him, I said, hey, it seems like the line moved pretty drastically from Miami against Rutgers. Miami opening minus four and a half, and now the Hurricanes are plus one. So they went from four and a half favorites to one point underdogs. And I asked him, hey, were the betters just late to figure out all Miami's opt-outs and he said yes he thinks that is the case as well that that's why that's why the line moved and uh and so I guess Vlad in in my case if I'm you know looking to looking to bet some money on my team for tomorrow it's it's better it's better that I or not tomorrow Thursday it's better that I waited right because I I could have either had Miami minus four and a half but if I think Miami's going to win the game I'll, I'll take plus one over minus four and a half so yes uh
1: good things come to those who wait here absolutely but it also means um that the better think Miami's just a better team than Rutgers because it's a neutral side game so, in a neutral site, they were four-and-a-half-point favorites. Obviously, with some of those key players out now, they are one-point dog. It's pretty much even. Yep. It's a pick em. Yep. even with, So, that's what it is, a pick em with all with the best players that UM had this past season all deciding not to play.
2: Yeah, Rutgers does not have a very good offense. They've got a really good back seven on defense, I hope. Jakari Brown, for a number of different reasons, can go out there and impress everybody. Haven't seen him play, haven't seen him take a meaningful snap since the 2022 season. Didn't play a single snap in the regular season this year with Tyler Van Dyke, now in Wisconsin, with Emery Williams, arm is broken. Jakari gets his opportunity to start in this bowl game. And and yes, I, I know we're having a lot of conversations about a transfer quarterback coming in. And then whenever, Vlad, whenever I talk about, hey, Miami trying to get Cam Ward or trying to get Will Howard, I always hear people say, why don't you believe in Brown? Like, why are you disrespecting Jakari Brown like this? Let me explain my stance on this. I really like Brown, and I hope he sticks around and continues to develop um, just my take is, and I know that this is the take from Miami's coaches, Hurricanes have a good-looking roster on paper heading into next year, aside from uncertainty at quarterback. A really good-looking roster around the quarterback. Great offensive line. Even after losing Javion Cohen and Matt Lee, Miami's going to have one of the better offensive lines in the country next year, uh, one of the better defensive lines and linebacking cores. You do have you know a couple of good safeties to replace, as we know. Uh, There's a lot of talent on that team, and they feel like they are an experienced quarterback away. Somebody who's going to make plays and not make a lot of mistakes, right? Someone who's got three, four years of starting experience to drive the ship next year. Um, In the case of Jakari Brown, who I like, and Emery Williams, who I like, they lack that kind of experience. So Miami feels like we can compete for an ACC championship and who knows what else if we get an experienced playmaking quarterback versus gambling on somebody who's not experienced for next year, that's why we're talking about getting transfer quarterbacks. But with that said, I would love to Jakari to go out there, Yankee stadium on Thursday and light up Rutgers, right? And something that's worth noting Vlad, because people talk about, and I've mentioned this, the last couple of scrimmages that you've watched, right? They had uh, the Canes fest scrimmage before the season at hard rock stadium. Spring game last April at uh, Drive Pink Stadium. Brown did not look good in either of those scrimmages, but something people forget is when you're in those scrimmage situations and you're not really running the ball as a quarterback and you're not getting an opportunity to break tackles because you're not really tackling in those games, that takes away a lot of what adds to Jakari's game and makes him look potentially so good. So we're going to get a look at Jakari full contact, you know, he's got that six foot five, six foot four frame, the ability to run the football. The footage that I've seen from practices this week, he's actually hit some good accurate long balls. So I I'm hoping the table is set for him to go out there and make a statement because Miami Hurricanes fans want to see it. And yes, Hurricanes fans do want to win a bowl game for the first time in seven years. Now, Vlad, I want to shift back to the NFL because you said something to me during the commercial break. You said you feel like everything is being set up for the Dolphins to win on Sunday against Baltimore.
1: What do you mean by that? All right. So you get the you you clinch the division, right? No, I'm sorry. You didn't clinch the division. You clinched the playoff spot with a win mm-hmm. against the Cowboys. You beat yep. a team for the first time in over over a season with a record 500 or better entering the game, and this is it. This is what you've been playing for. This is what we've been seeing at Hard Knocks, the, the um, you know, the in season version with the Dolphins. This is it. You have a chance of you control your own destiny. Yep. You control your own destiny, which is what you wanted. You didn't want to you, when you have your destiny, you don't want anybody else to control it. You don't want to put it in anybody's else's hands. They have a chance to go against a team that is just had an impressive win Monday. Monday night against the team everybody said is the Super Bowl favorite and the best team in the NFL. Well, they just beat them, which is now a lot of people are saying the Ravens are the best team in the NFL, and now Lamar Jackson is the MVP favorite of the NFL this season. You beat them. That's a the second win against a team with a 500 or better record. Yep. You beat the best team in football. You beat now have the best record in football. It's all set up for you. It's really set up for you, and they're flying cross country. They're good. like, I'm sorry, a, a lot will be sh- shown to me by the Ravens if the Ravens go out there and beat the Dolphins. I'm not gonna say blow them out or anything like that. I think there's gonna be a letdown because they were so they? disrespected. They was they were so upset that they were five and a half, six and a half point underdogs going into that game. They talked about that, that they felt disrespected. So the fact that they wallop I mean, they mollywopped the Niners last night. Yep. They're they're gonna, I think there's gonna be a letdown um, from how, for the Ravens, because they wanted to prove to the world last night that they, they were the best team. Like they're not five and a half point underdogs to the Niners, matter of fact, they're better than the Niners. They did that. You're going home, it's a short week, Dolphins are coming in with confidence and knowing that they win these next two games, the road to the AFC, the road to the Super Bowl through the AFC has to go through South Florida.
2: And I love the fact that for the Miami Dolphins, like you mentioned, they've already clinched a playoff spot, but they could be anywhere between the first seed or the sixth seed, depending on how these next couple of games go. They are not going to have any opportunity to take their foot off the gas pedal. Right. Because, yes, there have been some years when, you know, a team that finishes with the number one seed, they have the opportunity in you know, week 17 and years past to just, you know, bench everybody for the final game. And then they hit the playoffs with no momentum. Right. Because you didn't play any of your starters. We've seen that happen before. The Dolphins will not have that luxury because no matter what, these next two games are going to be meaningful and you're going to have to try to win these next two games. Right. We know what's on the line this weekend. Potential first seed in the AFC. But even if the Dolphins win this game, they would still have to win week 18 to secure that. Not to mention, if the Dolphins don't win this Sunday and if Buffalo does win, and they probably will because they play the Patriots this week at home. So if the Dolphins don't win this Sunday and Buffalo does win this weekend, then your division is on the line that you would have to beat Buffalo week 18 to win the AFC East. So there is no scenario when either of the next two games are not meaningful, right? So if anyone's worried about, oh, you can kind of taper down and you know, bench everybody for the final game and it doesn't change your seating, no, you have everything on the line these next couple of games. So even if you do get that first round by, which we all hope the Dolphins get, you're at least going to be entering the playoffs, hopefully with some momentum because these next two games are meaningful.
1: They're the biggest games of the – well. I mean every game right now is the big biggest game of the season but yeah these next two games you beat Baltimore you beat Buffalo you already know that you you can hang up that you could play better another uh, a second time if you play Kansas City and you win the game would have to come through with South Florida yeah how would yep. you know you could have a how would how great would it be to see a Kansas City Miami AFC divisional playoff game or AFC championship game but it's in South Florida and Kansas City
2: does not look good this month. I mean, they've had a really, really rough go at it. Um, you know, I still I still feel like in the in the playoffs it's possible that Pat Mahomes just turns it on, but his his offensive line has been letting him down. He was getting crushed, especially in that first quarter yesterday. Uh, he threw a pick six. Um, you know, his receipt – like, one of the things I noticed, Vlad, watching Kansas City – and, you know, it's not like this is their first year without Tyreek Hill. They didn't have Reek last year either – their receivers do not work hard off the ball. Like I, When Mahomes is extending plays, I don't see their receivers putting extra effort to get open. It's like they just stop running, and that's one of the reasons why Mahomes is making more mistakes than he usually does because he escapes a sack, gets outside the pocket, and that's when you need your receivers to work hard to get open. They're not doing it, so there's some problems in Kansas City right now.
1: Clearly there is. I don't know if... If it's Eric Bieniemy not being there, I don't know if it's that the fact that yeah maybe. a really really solid number one receiver, uh, but they're still the defending champs, and I'm not. I really it's really hard for me to go against 15. So, yep. they're the, and the fact like you said, they've been what five consecutive AFC championship games. And sometimes it's, the regular season is a is a, is a grind, um, but they they look like a team that can definitely turn it on once the postseason ha- hits, uh, and same thing in the NFC with the Eagles. The Eagles are struggling now. Uh, they won yesterday, yeah. but you know you go through a long, 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 long season and then playoff battle. It takes a little bit to get in you know, the following year. It takes a little bit, um, and most most teams are, comp- especially when you're the champion, conference champions. Every team is trying to get to where you're at, so they're going to improve, and they they have film on you. Uh, that's where the Dolphins are trying to trying to get to right now. They're trying to be the team that everybody's looking at and want to knock off the mountain and they have a chance of being that. They beat Baltimore. Like that game right now. I can't believe now that they didn't uh they didn't flex it. I guarantee you they're upset they didn't yeah. flex that game.
2: I'm actually happy they didn't flex I'm, it. Yeah, because... I think
1: everybody's happy that they didn't flex <laughs> it. I know one Joe Rose is happy so he can get back yeah. home. No, t-
2: I'm happy because I, I do the game day uncensored post game, and when the ah. when I, I'm on a normal night, I'm in bed shut eye by 10 p.m. Right when I'm doing three hour, three and a half hour post game from a late night game, I don't like being up till two in the morning. I like to get my evening done and out of the way.
1: I got you. I get you. I know <laughs> a lot of people don't want to be spending New Year's Eve in Baltimore. Not not the most ideal place to spend the New Year's. No sir. To ring in the New Year. So, By the so. way, sh-
2: sh- shifting gears but staying in the NFL, you mentioned the Eagles winning yesterday. Um, is the Tommy Cutlets fairy tale over Tommy DeVito, right? Because uh, it, it just – and the typical and, – and you know this. I know you're a proud New York sports fan. You're not a Giants fan, of course, but you're a big Jets fan, Knicks fan. They do this thing in New York where you get a guy who gets hot for a couple of weeks, and they uh, yeah, act like it's the, like it's the Lynn. Second Coming. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's the Sanity all over.
2: This again. this was Lynn's sanity all over again because Tommy DeVito played well for a four game stretch. Undrafted rookie who lives at home, his mom makes him chicken cutlets every day, Come which on, is that, that's kind of a cool it story.
1: Sounds like it's, it. It <laughs> sounds like a uh, an HBO movie. Sounds like a soprano. And it probably episode. will be someday. It, it probably like will a, be an HBO movie. It sounds like a Soprano episode, you know. So that's so, why they were all happy with him. But then eventually you know, when he get film on you, they do right. they know how to figure you out. figure you out and it's not like the Giants offense was that good anyway, and no. he figured them out and then now he got benched. What do you Yeah, the, he got
2: he got benched at halftime for Tyrod Taylor who did better than DeVito in the second half. They still didn't win the game. But so this is probably the end, right? Because a, after the way that game played out, you you have to ride with Tyrod, I think, and, unless he gets benched again. I mean, but ride, pro- with,
1: from, yeah. But ride for what? I mean, if you're the Giants, you'd rather lose games so you can get a better draft pick. That's a good point, but still, <sighs> he's not beat. Listen, I, you paid; they paid four years, hundred sixty million dollars yeah. to Daniel Jones. Yeah. The best thing Tommy DeVito yeah. could have done was make it a quarterback competition going into next season. All right, so,
2: so maybe you, you play Tommy DeVito the next couple of games because, you know, Ty, like Tyrod Ty is not your future, right? I mean, he's been in the league. Yeah, you know who he is. He's, he's been in the league forever. Oh, man, He's about to retire. So, so then even though DeVito stunk up the joint yesterday, do you start him the next couple games just to think maybe we can get some development and some momentum out of this kid?
1: Yes, you do that. Okay, okay. Because you got to see if you have a quarterback competition. It's not like down here. You know who your quarterback down here is. So there's uh not, nah. and they have a lot of work to do. But yeah, the Tommy DeVito, the Tommy DeVito situations. Just like anything, you need something when your team is struggling like the, uh, Donald. You need something to watch. You know, it's it's twenty, it's eighteen Sundays. You're well, seventeen games, but it's eighteen weeks. Mm-hmm. If your team is done by October. You need and you you're a diehard. You need something to pull for. You need something to cheer for. So therefore, Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito was that. It's just like I said, it was the football version of Linsanity. You <laughs> get it? It's good. It's something to talk about. Something to you know keep the 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 the, the talk shows you uh, you know going. Have a topic to talk about. Hey, New York media loves that New, stuff. Come on, I'm, they need oh, that. You know, love everybody it. loves that, and, and when especially <laughs> that market. Hey, is uh, it's Tommy DeVito the next starting quarterback? Actually, I, I think I think Tommy
2: DeVito, especially that agent of his. I think I think they they overplayed. And, and that was I, the
1: other thing. They, they, no,
2: but here is thing. So so I you know my my father is from Italy, and I don't want I don't, don't want to sound like a snow like I am not saying I am offended. I don't want to sound like a snowflake or something, but. Like, I think they, they played up the Italian-American thing almost too much. It was like a caricature. I mean, it was – basically, they were stealing but, lines from the Sopranos. It uh, was like, come but on, that you're was being shameless thing. with this thing.
1: It was – listen, let's be real. They were so shameless with it. They were so shameless. But it was like, all right, so you're playing to the stereotype, but you're playing to the stereotype. So right. it's okay. Right. So now everybody else is going to run with it. And as you see, everybody yeah. was running with it. Now – you know, if you can't go with a meme without seeing, uh, you know, the late, great James Gandolf- Gandolfini as Tony Soprano uh-huh. yeah. uh, uh, saying, hey, Tommy DeVito's a legend in our house. Like taking, like you said, taking famous scenes from the Sopranos and just inserting his name. Uh, and, yeah, it was funny. But guess what? They're 5 and 10. Or, yeah, yeah. they're 5 and 10. <laughs> it's over.
2: Have you seen the Red Sauce commercials he's done? No. It's funny. How— I have how have I I have not seen the Jimmy Butler and Jaime Jaquez commercial. You have you haven't seen the Tommy DeVito Red Sauce commercial, and I have. So I can't remember what platform I was watching. It might have been YouTube TV, and like I'm watching TV the other day, like right before Christmas, and I see Tommy. De, it's a great commercial. It's Tommy DeVito and his mom are doing a commercial for this jarred red sauce that you can order online. You know, apparently it's the only red sauce the DeVito family uses, which I find it hard to if his mom is this amazing Italian American cook, I'm surprised she's not making her own red sauce. Wow. <laughs> so it- but they apparently they use this jarred red sauce. And then at the end uh mom says something about oh i'll do another load of laundry for you it's like it's i don't know its i thought it was a really cute commercial it's, with tommy is and his
1: mom the story is good you know it's a we knew you know how they love the human interest stories about oh look at this kid yeah. he's the starting quarterback for the giants i live with his ma his mom, his like, dad. hey
2: ma why why don't
1: you make some more cutlets yeah. oh get yeah, that red
2: sauce in the pan let's get it that's- going
1: oh <laughs> oh man that was hard that was horrible the way they played up to that stereotype man they really did and then, really now good. look at it he's done now I bet you'd be like ah oh, there he is Tommy DeVito sleeping with the fishes pretty much man
2: 305-567-0560 Alex Dono and Vlad Lewis on in for Tobin and Leroy today hope everyone had a Merry Christmas we'll continue to talk about the Dolphins getting a dub the heat getting a Christmas Day dub I still want to get to ESPN had their risers and fallers from NFL Week 16, what did they have to say about your Miami Dolphins next here on WQAM? Welcome back into to the Tobin and Leroy show. Dono and Lewis Sant with you. Sir guy, Vlad, with us till 2 o'clock today on AM 560 Sports WQAM. So I'm looking through uh, on ESPN.com the biggest questions risers and takeaways from week 16 in the nfl now that all the games from thursday saturday sunday monday night are in the books let's see what they have to say about our miami dolphins after that 22 to 20 win against the dallas cowboys they ask does this mean the dolphins can beat good teams they say uh the answer miami had lost all three of its games against teams with winning records entering week 16 The Dolphins helped their cause Sunday with a gritty win, holding off a late comeback by the visiting Cowboys. The victory secured a playoff berth for the second straight season and is likely to give the team confidence heading into a potential division-clinching game Uh, against the Ravens in week 17 yeah so if the Dolphins win that game I know the Ravens are not in the division but if the Dolphins win that game they cannot lose the AFC East. so that would clinch the division and it would put them at least for one week in first place in the conference they say stock up after the win Jason Sanders one million percent yes they say the Dolphins longtime place kicker entered the game just six for 16 from 50 or more yards since 2021 but he nailed kicks of 57 54, and 52 yards, as well as a 29-yarder to win the game with time expiring. They say stock down after the win, receiver depth slash health. Wideout Jalen Waddle had at least eight targets and four catches in each of his previous five games, but after he caught a 50-yard pass on the Dolphins' opening drive, eye and shin injuries forced him out of the game on two separate occasions. Uh, that was his lone reception on four targets. And by the way, there's a little bit more context on Jalen Waddle. Um, what was described during the game as a shin injury is now being described as high ankle, which yeah,
1: whoa, I'm not whoa, a doctor. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: I don't know how severe it is, but Vlad, is, yes. as a lifelong sports fan like myself, whenever you hear high ankle, that's not good.
1: Um, hmm. That's not good. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yes. they're now calling it more high ankle than shin.
1: That's usually so, minimum four to six weeks. Oof. But that would uh, say get, he'd
2: be back in time for the Super Bowl at least.
1: That well, I mean, it depends on the severity of the high ankle sprain. Because I mean, yeah. he also,
2: it mean, it, it could be like a high ankle bruise. It may not necessarily because be Trevor a
1: Lawrence had a high ankle sprain and then he came back and he's been struggling. As you can see, Jacksonville hasn't won a game. Yeah, but that's right. Uh, even if he does come back, he needs that with his speed and the way he breaks. Uh, that's that could be a significant injury. and Tyreek's banged up as well. Yeah, he's been banged uh, up. For the past and I think few Chosen weeks. got hurt as on Sunday as well. He got banged up. Number one receiver
2: next week, Braxton Berrios. Let's get it trending.
1: Cedric Wilson,
2: yes, Cedric Wilson has made some some good catches in recent weeks as well. But you know, I'm, I'm big Yeesh. on the Braxton Berrios hype train.
1: Uh, of course, he's from the U. Um, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's tough, man. That is yeah. tough. Uh, what do you do? Do you play? Do you you know do you play through it and then try so that you can get that one seat so that you do get that week off? Let
2: me see if there's any latest update on Waddle Jalen. Any because um, the the last I heard is when Mike McDaniel said after the game. Yeah, here it is from Marcel Louis Jacques. Uh, Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel says wide receiver Jalen Waddell's shin injury from yesterday's game is, quote, looking more like a high ankle today. That's where I'm getting this from. Miami will get further tests done to determine the severity. So I guess, like, Vlad, if it is a sprain, you hope it's a minor one. Maybe it's more of a bruise than a sprain. Like, I'm I'm keeping my my hopes out that maybe it's not something too serious, but – you no, know, it's it's hard to imagine he would be close to one hundred percent this Sunday though, I will say that. Yeah, definitely be
1: doubtful that he'll be hundred percent by this Sunday. Or yeah. <laughs> for the next three to four weeks to be made. Dang, that's a tough one. I hope that I hope it's not more I hope it's not as severe as most high ankle sprains are. I hope it's just maybe like you said, maybe it's just a bruise right now. Maybe they just need the swelling to go down and then see what's going on because that Ravens defense has been playing unbelievable football. They're on a high. You like to have everybody all hands on deck in this game because I mean this is the battle for the one seed. Here's more. Lotto.
2: Here's more context on Waddle's injury. Uh, more comments from Mike McDaniel. This is uh, transcribed by Pro Football Talk. McDaniel said that Waddle has a high ankle injury and that the severity of it is still being evaluated. With that evaluation still going on, there's no word on his status for Week 17 showdown with the Ravens. But McDaniel acknowledged that such injuries can be tricky, even as he expressed hope in Waddle fighting through it. Quote, he's had other things that might take other players longer to come back from, he said. I do have a lot of confidence in him in those situations. He's a really tough player and he's battled through some tough things, he says. So, alright, not a whole lot there except hope, right? Hope hope that he could be, because, you know, you're going to need all, like you said, Vlad, you're going to need all hands on deck this week. The Ravens you know, now look like the toughest team that's going to be on your regular season schedule all year, right? We thought, you know, a month ago, we thought it was the Chiefs. Now we're realizing maybe it's the Ravens all along. That's the uh, toughest team on your schedule, playing them on the road. You're going to need all hands
1: on deck. Or the second team, or the team that you're playing in week 18, who beat yeah, you the already. Yeah, bill, the Bills have been trending up big time. And they're big playing time. some good football right now. So yeah. uh, all that talked about early in the season about, you know, they haven't played anybody. That's cool because if you look at the last three games, they're playing. They're playing against three of the best teams in the NFL. Um, Heisman, Heisman, MVP candidates at quarterback, talking about a team with the best record in the NFL. Yeah, if you beat the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills, and you get the number one seed in the AFC, um, a lot of narratives are killed uh, by this team. Uh, The Mike McDaniel can't coach in December and January narrative is killed. Tua yep. can't play a whole season. Like, ladies and gentlemen, knock on wood. 15 games. Not many teams can say their quarterbacks played 15 games this season. The Miami Dolphins can say that their quarterback, knock on wood, if Tua plays all seventeen and they finish with a 12 and five record.
2: Man. And part of it, part of it with Tua it, are things that people may not even connect the dots on. Because, you know, we all know he made his body a little bit stronger he strengthened his neck you know various things he can do physically to make himself less prone to hitting his head and suffering head injuries we all know about the jujitsu training which has been well publicized we know the dolphins have done whatever they can to put a better offensive line around him and they've done a better job protecting him this year than last year despite having even more injuries on the o-line this year than last year so i think that says a lot about Butch Berry and Mike McDaniel's scheme, but then the other thing, Vlad, that I don't think people give enough credit for, because when I when I watch Tua this year, compared to his previous what previous three years in the league, um, his instincts in like I, I didn't know if instincts were something that could be taught, but his movement in the pocket and his ability to feel and sense pressure and elude pressure looks better to me than it has his entire career, because there are some moments when. Tua is about to get sacked. The pocket's collapsing, and he takes the right step and the right direction to escape it. And it's little things like that where I'm watching this, and I realize he just avoided a sack here, and he may you know, he may have avoided a possible concussion based on the way those things were happening last year. So Tua has done a lot to improve the way that he moves in the pocket and the way he feels pressure, and I have to give him so much credit for that.
1: Well, that's, um, that's trust in the system trust in your in your instincts and trust in your, in your work that you've put out and you've done because, I mean, he's totally, he's, let's see, under Mike McDaniel, you see such a difference uh, year by year. I mean, I know it's only two years, but the tour that you see now is totally different than the tour last season. Yep. Totally different. A more and more complete quarterback. More in charge. And I think you see it in the hard knocks of how hard he is on himself. And that's one thing we, I know we're fans, you know, we're media. So sometimes we don't realize that nobody puts more pressure than on athletes than athletes. Yep. So bad enough, he's got, he's put pressure on himself. And then he's got to deal with all the things you have to as a, the face of a franchise, as the starting quarterback on a, on a, wow, ladies and gentlemen. Super Bowl contending Miami oh, Dolphins. Don't jinx
2: it. Don't jinx it, Jets fan. No, I mean, I know what you're that.
1: trying to no, do. No, it's not even a jinx, bro. It's not even a jinx. It's not <laughs> even it's not even a jinx because right now you beat Baltimore on Sunday, what is going to be the talk January 1st? Yeah, right be, right before right before everybody's talking about the college football playoffs. What's going to be the talk? Even if the, you know what, forget it. January 1st is pretty much college football day. Nobody's working on January 2nd when they're t- leading up to week 18 what are you going to be talking about the Miami Dolphins have a chance to lock up the one seed for the AFC if they beat the Buffalo Bills and if you beat Buffalo you get revenge from a loss in October and you're the one seed
2: damn right
1: that's, let's go that's that's something that's you could be you can't knock that you can't knock that i can't knock that then of course the new pressure would be narrative would be you got to win a postseason game because you yeah, haven't exactly. won the game. So it's well, a, and you know
2: what it, this could if the Dolphins clinch the number one seed, uh, people will say, well, can they win a playoff game in cold weather? We're not going to know because they've got home field all the way to Vegas well, for
1: the Super Bowl. And you change and it's also how about this, j- ladies and gentlemen? I mean, it's going to happen regardless, but we're going to a postseason for the first time where Patrick Mahomes is going to have to go on the road.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's a great point. Yeah,
1: Patrick Mahomes they, is going to have go to go. They cannot.
2: They they're mathematically out of the number one seed. They now. cannot they get the number one seed. They can't.
1: I mean, obviously, they still could have home field if upsets happen or anything crazy. True, but we do know that if everything worked, you know, is, is goes bored, we know that the Kansas City Chiefs will be on the road, and like I said earlier, we get a Chiefs Dolphins game and. In the playoffs down here, I, I I think he'll be more hyped up than obviously because with so much at stake. I,
2: you know Taylor Swift would be here too. She's not missing that. Oh come
1: on, Miami. Who's gonna miss to go to Miami? Uh-huh. But you know Tyreek's gonna do everything possible, everything possible to be ready. You know he's gonna be ready for that game. So hopefully no injuries or anything like that. But take care of business on Sunday. You got the Ravens after their big win last night. I think they're primed for it. You, you not to upset them or sneak them i think they're just they you can get them i think this i think everything worked out for the, for the dolphins that they can go up to baltimore sunday afternoon and get the victory
2: we got headlines. So much more coming up. Twelve o'clock hour. Tobin and Leroy show. AM five sixty sports. WQAM. We really need new
1: phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month.
0: New iPhone 15s. It's better over
1: here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch